You're listening to The Shepherd's Voice, featuring the Roman Catholic Archbishop of Singapore, Archbishop William Goh. My dear brothers and sisters in Christ, in the first reading from Prophet Jeremiah, it seems that Jeremiah was condemning humanism because he said, the Lord says this, a curse on the man who puts his trust in men, who relies on things of flesh, whose heart turns from the Lord. He is like a dry shrub in a wasteland. My dear brothers and sisters, according to Jeremiah, those who do not believe in God, these are people who are lost and they will not find happiness and meaning in life. But is this exactly what the scriptures meant? My dear brothers and sisters, it is important for us to understand what humanism as a philosophy teaches. Otherwise, we can invite nasty retaliation from humanists simply because it is a wrong or inaccurate caricature of what humanists believed. Indeed, humanism as a philosophy is very much pro-humanity. Humanism They want to create a situation, to build a situation where human beings can grow and fulfill their potentials in life, to be developed fully, whether economically, technologically, and most of all, to be contributive to society. So humanism as a philosophy promotes the common good, not just of the individual, but of society at large. But they want to do all this without any reference to the supernatural being or divine revelation. For humanists, the human reason is sufficient for anyone to live an intelligent and meaningful life. They do not subscribe to having faith in God. God is not necessary. And humanists also have ethical principles. Where do these principles originate from? In the philosophy of Immanuel Kant, he taught us this principle of the moral imperative. In other words, he said, in every human person, there is this ought to. This ought to that is driving a person to do what is right and good and avoid what is wrong and evil. This is quite similar to what we speak about the conscience in the hearts of every human person. So humanism actually 
Gordon's rule is simply this. Treat others as you like others to treat you. And so in that sense, humanism wants to promote a life that is fulfilling for the individual and meaningful as well. From this perspective, certainly Christianity is not against humanism. In fact, Christianity and humanist, we share many values in common because the Christian faith also promotes the common good of the individual and of society. We too speak about developing the person to the fullest. And of course, we also have moral principles as well to guide us. So what Jeremiah is condemning is not humanism per se, but rather those who live selfish and immoral life. That is what he said. In the responsible sum, we are told, happy indeed is the man who follows not the counsel of the wicked, nor lingers in the way of sinners, nor sit in the company of scorners. Not so are the wicked, not so. They are like, with no shaft, shall be driven away by the wind. So, who is condemned? Not the humanist. Anyone, including those so-called believers in God, who do not live righteous life, honest life, then these are the people who would be condemned by God. And they would suffer, of course, the consequences of their sins. In fact, just like the humanists, they also subscribe to what St. Paul teaches in Galatians chapter 6, what you sow is what you reaped. So if you sow good, you will reap goodness. If you sow evil, you reap evil. The consequences at the end of the day will determine whether you are living life rightly or wrongly. A person who is full of anger, vindictiveness, lust, greed, revenge, such a person, St. Paul tells us in Galatians chapter 5, cannot enter the kingdom of God because he is preventing himself from enjoying the peace, the love, and the joy of the Holy Spirit. That is why in the Catholic Church teaching, official teaching, in Lumen Gentium, the constitution of the church, the church makes it clear that those who are ignorant of God and through and unable to arrive at the explicit knowledge of God, but they live a blameless life, God too will not deny them salvation. Because in the eyes of the church, those who live good life, those who live in truth, they already have, so to speak, living and sharing 
the seeds of the gospel, the rays of truth, ultimately comes from God. And therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, in spite of all that we have said about what humanism and Christianity shares, yet from our Christian perspective, those who subscribe to humanism, it is an inadequate philosophy to fullness of life. For what reason? The first reason is that humanism is based on human reason alone. They believe that the human intellect would be able to explain everything and help a person to walk the way of truth and love and to know the ultimate things of life. In the same text from the Constitution of the Church of Lumen Gentium, the Church also cited Romans 1, 18-25. When St. Paul condemns those people who claim to be wise and knowledgeable, and they should know God, but they didn't. In fact, instead of worshipping God as a creator, they worship the creature. The truth is that human intellect, although there is this possibility of arriving at God, human intellect will never be able to come to know God as he is unless divine, divine revelation makes it possible. It's just that it's impossible for me to know someone unless the person reveals himself to me. I might know about the person but I do not know the person until the person shares his life with me. So too, in our search for God. But that is not all. Human intellect alone would be very difficult for us to arrive at the truth, even though it is a necessary step. Simply because if you look at what is happening in the world today, we have intelligent people everywhere, there are intelligent people who have deep faith in God. And there are intelligent people who are humanists or who are agnostic. The same intelligent people, there are some we cannot agree on issues like abortion, euthanasia, same-sex union, uh, drug consumption, um, and the rest. No matter how we argue, at the end of the day, we will never agree. So it, if intellect can resolve the issue, if human reason can resolve the issue, then all of us should come to some agreement. And the fact is, today the world is very polarized. That is the real challenge in today's society. There are two extreme camps. There is no middle road. No middle way. That is why society will break apart. Because there is no absolute truth that both groups can refer to. Once we just accept relativism, then human reason alone will not be able to justify anything that is true. We will disagree. No matter how intelligent you are, that is the first thing. Secondly, humanism can lead to annihilation of the human person. 
simply because humanism, they do not believe in life after death. They only believe there is life on this earth. Humanism is to help a person to live life as much as possible, to the fullest, in this world, in this life. After death, we just diminished, we just disappear. The body that you see is an empty shell. If that is the case, then what is the motivation for us to do good? What is the motivation for us to build society, to preserve this planet? Because what we try to save will be destroyed. Everything that we build will be torn down. All the values that we uphold today, they are all changed. Nothing stays. Nothing is good. Nothing is evil. Then why do we want to sacrifice ourselves for the future of our generation? Why can't I just enjoy myself? After there will be no consequences for my sins, for my selfishness. So long as I don't hurt people, I make as much as money as possible, I just take care of myself. Why should I contribute to society? Why should I make sacrifices for the nation? For others? Why do I not make my life inconvenient? If there is no continuation between this life and the next life, we will fall into despair. Because we know that all the good we've done will be destroyed. But precisely in today's second reading, St. Paul's letter to Corinthians tells us, if Christ has not been raised from the dead, how can there be, some of you have said there is no resurrection of the dead. And St. Paul makes it clear, if our hope in Christ has been for this life only, we are the most unfortunate of all people. It is precisely because we have faith in the resurrection, we know there is a continuity between this life and the next life, and that makes us live a good life, make us sacrifice this life, because we know a greater life, a complete life, will come to us, will be ours at the end of this journey. And this journey is very short. 80, 90 years is very short compared to eternity. And because Jesus rose from the dead, we are certain that we will follow suit. If Jesus does not rise from the dead, then of course, then it's better to become a humanist. There is no reason to, to believe that there will be a life after death. But for Jesus, he has already shown us the way. He is the one who enlightened us in the truth. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And that is what Jesus did in today's gospel. He offers us a blessed life. What is a blessed life? It is not a life of riches. A blessed life is one who lived the life of God. A blessed life is one who lived the life of the kingdom. A blessed life is one who depends on God. A blessed life is one when we stand up for the truth, when we live a life of compassion and love. A blessed life is if we live this life to that fullest. Like Jesus, then eternal life is waiting for us. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Shepherd's Voice, featuring His Grace, Archbishop William Goh. This podcast is brought to you by Catholic SG Radio.